Welcome, everyone, to the Gridiron Review Podcast. I'm Zach, that's Jack, and we are back for episode 14 of our all-season in-review series. We are still in the NFC East, this time with the Washington Commanders, and while a new name does not bring a new owner with it, sadly, and they may have to deal with Snyder's large shadow looming over them all season, they do have a new quarterback and high expectations in our eyes. How did their all-season turn out? Jack can start the answer. On offense, they lose the GOAT, Ryan Fitzmagic and Kyle Allen in the quarterback room, kick returner DeAndre Carter, Adam Humphreys, Ricky Seals-Jones, Tyron Swoops, Brandon Scherf, Eric Flowers, Jamil Douglas, Najee Tehran, Drew Himmelman. They retain J.D. McKissick after he had basically signed the contract with Buffalo. I mean, that's a huge retention for them. Cam Sims, Tyler Larson, Chan Toth, Keith Ishmael, Cornelius Lucas, they pick up Alex Erickson to replace Carter as the kick returner primarily. Andrew Norwell and Tri Turner, who were both guards under Ron Rivera in Carolina. And Aaron Montiero at tackle. And obviously, as we all know, they traded for Carson Wentz with a second round and a seventh round pick in exchange for a second and a third round pick, as well as a conditional third round pick in next year's draft. In the draft class, they took Jahan Dodson from Penn State at 16 after trading back. They took Brian Robinson in the third, Sam Howell in the fifth, Cole Turner in the fifth, Chris Paul in the seventh. This offense should be the best that it has been in the last few years. There are so many people that hate Carson Wentz and they all they want to do is bash him. But we really do like Wentz. We think that there is still a lot of hope for him and that his name is just being tarnished for no reason. And for anyone who's followed our TikTok content, you'll know that we believe that these networks push narratives around players. And that goes not just for the draft, but for players in the league as well. And we think that Carson Wentz is one of those players that has a real bad stigma around him because they're pushing a narrative about him. And, you know, it seems like they're just trying to ruin his career for absolutely no reason. However, when you look at the rest of the offense, you you retain Antonio Gibson, McKissick, and Jarrett Patterson, and add your power back, Brian Robinson, to the group. Terry McLaurin, although holding out right now, Wentz will be the best quarterback that he has had in his entire career. And McLaurin has averaged about 1,030 yards per season with eight different quarterbacks, I believe the number was. And that's just, it's unbelievable. Curtis Samuel returns from injury and Dotson will most likely be the slot with a very uninspiring group of backups behind them at tight end. Converted Logan Thomas, converted Antonio Gandy-Golden, John Bates, Cole Turner, converted basketball player Sammy Reyes. A lot of conversions in that room that hopefully work out. Alex Arm at fullback. And the Lion, Charles Leno, Andrew Norwell, Chase Roulier, Tri Turner, and Sam Cosme. There's no reason that this group cannot be much better than they have in the past few years. And obviously, we'll get to record later, but... If you do not factor in injuries, as we do here, this offense should be able to lead this team, along with this defense, to a very, very solid season. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you already covered Carson, but we understand that he's not the people's favorite quarterback. And in football, I feel like football, like the analyst side, is missing what J.J. Redick is to basketball. A former player that just says what he wants, and, you know, it's not always popular, but... 
a guy that just calls it like it is. And I feel like there are so few people supporting Wentz as a player. You know, we can't say too much about his leadership because he's just not a vocal guy. He doesn't come out and say it either way. He's not Baker, who, for better or for worse, is very outspoken. I can't even remember seeing a Wentz interview in recent years, like a real, you know, outside of post-game stuff, whereas Baker's on a podcast all the time. And you never hear anything bad from the players. Like, it's always the media reports, the analysts. But when the players are asked, you never hear them being bashed. Now, granted, that's, take that what you will, but we think it matters that the players are the ones that are behind him or at least saying different things. You know, outspoken people like, I think it was Jason Kelsey? One of the Eagles linemen spoke out in heavy defense against Wentz a, co- a year or two ago. I don't remember now. But oh, yeah, that sounds like it was Kelsey. It was Kelsey or Lane. I don't remember which one. And, you know, you see things like I saw – now, granted, everybody has an opinion on TikTok, and that's fine. Um, someone talking about Michael Pittman now having Matt Ryan to throw to him, and he's going to be one of the better wide receivers in football. And it's like Matt Ryan is not an upgrade, and that needs to be understood. You know, you could say, oh, he's he's more careful, but Wentz had seven picks. And, yes, some of those were backbreaking interceptions at the end of the season, but seven picks is so little. And he does a lot with pocket navigation and getting out of sacks and stuff. And this isn't a Matt Ryan versus Wentz debate. We can have that another time. The receiver room, as you said, McLaren will now be catching passes from the best quarterback he's had and a quarterback that likes to push the ball downfield, something that I also don't think McLaren has had. But I think it's vice versa. McLaren's also the best receiver that Wentz has ever had. So I think that's going to be a nice pairing there. And if they don't pay him, I mean, that's a mistake. Of all the receivers that have held out or threatened holding out, McLaren is the one that deserves it the most. They also have Dotson, not our favorite pick, but we suspect that they really wanted Drake London. And when the Falcons took him, we think they kind of panicked. They should have, in our eyes, stayed put and taken – I think they traded – with the Saints, right? And that was the Olave pick? No, Olave was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I think I would have stayed put and taken Olave over Dots, and I think there's a big difference between the two. But they did take a receiver in the first round, even if it wasn't that great of a pick. There's other receivers that have taken, but we've covered the draft. They also have Curtis Samuel, and I believe in the time that you announced him two minutes ago, he got hurt, <laughs> and he is going to miss most of the season. They also have Diami Brown, who was unimpressive last year as a third-round pick. But again, you're talking about another deep threat that was in an offense that had Taylor Heineke quarterbacking. And nothing against Heineke. He's just not a gunslinger. He's not Fitzpatrick if Fitzpatrick would have stayed healthy. He's not Wentz in that mindset. I think as you laid out the tight end room, I think it's actually a pretty good group. There's you know nothing insane, but they're also decently invested in the room. And their offensive line is new faces mixed with some that were there. The running back room, as far as role players go, is one of the most complete in football with the pass catching a short and air, the great all-around back, and a power back, as well as Jarrett Patterson, who can fill in a little bit of everything. I think as well that this offense should be good. And this is the theme with the commanders because they don't have a deep roster. And when we get to the defense, we'll really highlight it. But they are the, maybe the most dependent on the starters in football. And as you said, we don't predict injuries because you really can't. I know I just talked about Curtis Samuel, but if they stay healthy, we have them as a very, very good team this year. And when we talk about the record, we'll throw in a few factors that people may not realize. But the offense especially should be good. I mean, they have a really good running back room. Their offensive line is decent. And they're going to have Wentz in a role that should embrace his play style. 
something that the Colts did not do, and he still did 27 and 7. So I, I'm expecting a career best year out of McLaurin, and I think that's pretty easy. And a career best season out of Wentz, I think that's realistic to think. But where the commander's team is really going to make their money is the defense. Where they're going to, in our opinion, run the division is the defense. They did lose Tim Settle, Matthew Ioannidis, John Bostic, Daryl Roberts, Landon Collins, Jacezer Everett, and a few other depth pieces. They were able to re-sign everyone's favorite corner, Troy Apke, Danny Johnson, Bobby McCain, who's probably going to start at safety until, until fourth-round pick Percy Butler is ready. They also added Fedarian Mathis in the second. We think this has to do with Deron Payne and his contract negotiation slash desire to be out of there or at least have an extension. But we think the drafting of Fedarian Mathis signals where they stand on it. And they also added Christian Holmes in the seventh as an extra corner. They didn't really add anyone. They added F.A. Obata in free agency. But this team is one that is pretty complete on defense with starters, with the exception, in my opinion, one linebacker spot. And again, if there's no injuries, this pass rush should be top, I would say top three in the league. Certainly the Chargers come to mind, but I'm, you know, I'm sure there's another team. But they should be one of the best in football. And the secondary is good enough to hold up, but Jack can break down the positions a little more specifically. As Zach touched on, on the defensive line, I mean, Chase Young coming off an ACL, right? I believe so, yeah. We talked about it in our Giants episode with Barkley. All these guys are always talking about how they're 100%. And, you know, maybe it's not true, but little sneak preview, we have Young as our breakout player on defense for the commanders. So, I mean, we think that Young is – going to come back and wreck and there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to with sweat and Allen. and I'm going to assume that pain is going to get moved but if not then pain is still there so, I think I think pain will start on the team this year and then he may get traded throughout the year that's my guess personally well pain walked off the field at OTAs for contract reasons so I Fidari don't Mathis may be starting <laughs> <laughs> like, well by the way if they trade pain they're going to get a good haul for him you would assume yeah, and I was going to bring that up is I think if for this team that kind of lacks depth, if you could trade Payne for someone like Andy Isabella and a pick, I think that would be a nice little haul for this team. But we're not here to predict trades. We're here to talk about what they've done. And Zach is right. They are missing a linebacker right now. The third one is David Mayo. I think it's Kaliki Hudson. But the commanders are very known to play a lot of nickel. So at the end of the day, Holcomb and Davis should get the job done. Holcomb has really come into his own over the last couple of years. And in the secondary, the safety room, slightly uninspiring when you see the name Bobby McCain. But Cameron Curl is not a bad player. And like Zach said, this is kind of a placeholder until Percy Butler is ready. And it may take a little longer than people expect, but McCain is a veteran who knows his way around the secondary and can kind of fill in wherever. William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, that's a nice one too at corner. St. Eust from Minnesota as a second-year player should be able to take a step up. Apke was brought back. And Danny Johnson, I believe, was their starting slot last year. I could be wrong about that. But, I mean, as we talked about on the offense, this team just lacks major depth everywhere. And like we said, we have the record predicted very high given there's no injury predicted. Like, if these starters can stay healthy the whole year, there's absolutely no reason this cannot be the defense that they were hyped up to be last year. Yeah, it's easy to forget a season later that with Fitzpatrick at quarterback, and obviously we're Fitzmagic fans, but 
you know, he was what he was. And they were supposed to win the division last year heading into the season. Everybody thought the defense was just going to be unstoppable. And this year, it shouldn't be any different. It's just now, you know, hesitation. I mean, Montez Sweat had a freak injury where he broke his jaw. That's not like, you know, that's just a weird one. And he didn't end up coming back. But Sweat and Young could take big steps forward. Jonathan Allen is one of the better tackles in football. And whether it's Deron Payne or Fedarian Mathis, they should be good. I mean, they're more of the run blocking duties, although I think Payne had five sacks last year. Listen, we have them going, drum roll, 14 and three. And we know, we know this is going to be like, oh my goodness, this is insane. They could have one injury and the whole thing fall apart. And this is a team that is really going to be on a sheet of ice health wise. I mean, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat should be the best young pass rushing trio in football between tackle and two edges. All three of them are under 26, maybe even 25. That sounds right. And they should be the best. And provided they're all healthy, we think that this will happen. Holcomb's one of the better young linebackers. Jamin Davis was disappointing, but again, he could take a step forward. And you know, we noted it in the summary, but there's a few things you got to consider with our 14-3 prediction. One, as we've said over and over, we can't predict injuries. And there's a few other teams this way that we're high on, but they are one or two injuries away from just completely falling apart. Two, we believe in Carson Wentz as a quarterback in the NFL. We think the Colts, to be honest, ran almost a smear campaign on him. Jim Ursay commenting on stuff the way he did is not professional. And it just felt wrong. And Yes, the interception against Jacksonville was ugly to basically seal the game, but they were down by 20 at that point. Like, it was a bad throw. Why does no one talk about the defense that made Trevor Lawrence look like the first overall pick the only time on the year? Like, nobody just wants to discuss the other stuff in that game. And the lack of weapons that Indy had. I mean, Michael Pittman is not – he's going to be, at best, Keenan Allen, which is very high – but I don't think so. I mean, Keenan, in the game against Jacksonville, the other interception went through his hands. And But three, and most importantly, the Commanders have one of the easiest schedules in football. Not only do they play the NFC East, which is, as we said yesterday, the Jets wide open. I mean, the Eagles are expected to be better. We're not overhyping the Eagles, although I think we had them finishing second Definitely. in the Yeah. We don't like Dallas's defense at all. We think they're going to be a train wreck beyond Michael Parsons. And the Giants we think are about a 500 team right now as they figure out their identity. But besides that, they also play Chicago, Atlanta, Jacksonville, which are three easily winnable games. And then they just play a few other teams that if the defense is healthy, we just don't know how they're defeated. So we know it's shocking. We understand that. And this could fall off the rails, which we will own if it happens, but you can't, ignore how easy their schedule is so we know we're going to get backlash for this and you know tiktok comments are going to go crazy but it is what it is we're gonna we're riding the commander's hype train and or we're banking on wins and we could be wrong but this is our prediction yeah just building off what zach said and i'm gonna do this very quickly once we believe in they have one of the easiest schedules in football in what we think is probably the most open division in football. And just, you know, the people they play are teams that we are not, we don't love their roster at all. Atlanta, Atlanta made strides, but they're not there. Chicago is not there. And any one of these division games could go either way. And, you know, it's hard to predict 
injuries just because, I mean, looking at this roster, the only one you really could predict is Curtis Samuel. But, like, there's absolutely no saying that any one of the – we could sit here and talk about how Andrew Norwell might go down. But you know what? It might be Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen. And then it's a different – now you're talking a different situation. So you can't predict injuries just because it doesn't make sense. You have to go under the impression that everyone is going to be healthy. And, you know, like Zach said, if we're wrong, you know, we'll own up to it. We Even we, you know, looked at it. It was like, what the heck just happened? But, you know, we really do believe that Wentz got screwed in both Philly and Indy. And even if we're wrong about Wentz, Heineke's got to be one of the better backups in football. They took our number one cornerback in the fifth round. How he fell there, I don't know. And they took Cole Kelly as an undrafted free agent, who we also liked as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, and that's a good point. So, like, yes, we're banking on Wentz. But if Wentz falters, they have Heineke. But I also think it would they would actually turn to Sam Howell because we felt like he was very pro-ready. Some of the stuff he did wrong is stuff that you can scheme around in a pinch. And I, I don't – I think he can win them some games. I mean, this is, again, it just happens to be that we're, we're believing in Wentz's ability, but we also think Sam Howe, that whether they planned on drafting a quarterback, which in the fifth, I guess it probably wasn't a plan, but it's great insurance. So we expect to see the, uh, the people coming back on different stuff, but. Hell takes. We're talking about you. Yeah. Again, if we're wrong, we're wrong. We will do podcast episodes mid-season at the end of the season talking about what we got right and wrong. So that's just how it is. But this will conclude our Commanders episode, and we will be covering the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. tomorrow, and we look to see you there.